Welcome back everyone to MX Asian American. Today we have Sheena. Do you want to introduce yourself first? Hi, thank you, Karen, for having me on your podcast. And thanks to everyone who's listening today. My name is Sheena Yapchan. I am the host of the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I interview Asian women about their journey to self-confidence. Part of the reasons why I do that is support, because growing up, I never really had support or didn't know where to turn to when I had my own confidence struggles. And then representation, because representation for me is huge. Growing up, I never had any representation. So it was really hard for me to accept being Asian. Like I was actually ashamed of being Asian because all I ever saw was white people. So, mm. so for me, I really want to, um, I want to create a stronger representation of Asian women and just celebrate Asian women who've been able to open doors for other women out there. So that's a little bit about me. Other than that, I also, you know, am a speaker, author, coach that also is building on that also helps women build their confidence so they can take their power back. Mm, yeah, that's great and amazing. And we definitely need more people like you doing this work. Um, since you talked about like growing up in a place that had no Asian American women representation, um, do you want to talk a little bit about like where you grew up and how it was like to like not see any women role models for you? Sure. I grew up in Toronto, Canada. I'm still here now. And yeah, growing up, I never really saw any Asian representation. Like the first Asian TV show that I saw was American Girl with Margaret Cho. But that didn't even last that long. I think it only ran one season. But yeah, all my life, I just thought being Asian didn't mean I was beautiful. I mean, I wanted to change my name to Heather Hot have blonde hair and blue eyes because that's all oh I ever God. saw in the media. <laughs> so I always felt small. I never felt it was worthy. I didn't think I was beautiful because of that. Did um, any of your family members know about this or like your friends? I think I, I'm pretty, I'm the type of person who likes to keep things to themselves. So mm -hmm. yeah, nobody really knew. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I grew up in like very fortunate. Um, I grew up in a very diverse area in Georgia, um, one of the few diverse places in Georgia, um, but a lot of Asians around me. So I grew up with a lot of Asians um, and I finally like stepped out of the bubble like when I went to college and finally realized that like wow, most of America is white people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like the only one that was like a POC in the classroom and or one of the few POCs um so college was like my first experience of feeling like I stuck out a lot and couldn't find any role models around me from your uh childhood until now what really inspired you to start your podcast and did you like have to shift careers for this or were you already on this path well for me I was really, I really wanted to represent more Asian women because I feel like there, we still lack a lot of representation. And so the only way to do that is to be that representation, to create that change. And I started with nothing. I didn't know what a podcast was. I didn't have any influence. I started with my friends interview to, in, to do interviews. Like I started from scratch, <laughs> but I knew that this was something that was needed because there's just nothing out there that really celebrated Asian women. And so I was already on my path to entrepreneurship, but I was still not like successful. I was still like failing and trying to figure things out. But I knew one thing, 
is that I always wanted to help people and I always wanted to elevate Asian women's mm. voices. So I started with this podcast and, you know, as you go along in your journey and when you're in your purpose, like it really gives you that confidence to keep moving forward, even when times are tough. I mean, having a podcast is not easy. It's a labor of love. It's a lot of work, but I love it. It's like my baby. <laughs> and I've, I've interviewed over 700 Asian women on this topic alone of self-confidence and how they're able to overcome it. And it's just amazing what they have done. And it just realize, makes me realize like what's possible for them is possible for me because it's really important to see someone who kind of looks like you or have the same cultural backgrounds and see what they've been through. Cause it's similar things that we've been through, like pleasing other people, second guessing ourselves, not making a decision, not going with our gut feeling, always feeling we're not worthy, we're not enough, or, you know, we have to follow what our parents or relatives tell us to do, or they make us feel small if like, you know, simple things like, oh, you're not married yet. (laughs) Oh my God. So, you know, this is why I really wanted to create this. I didn't want to have just like Asian women to be seen as like one thing. I want Asian women to be seen as many different things because we're all different people. We're all not good at math. We're all not going to be doctors. We're all not going to be accountants. Some of us can be a singer, can be a huge YouTube star, can start their own company, can start their own skincare line, can even fly plane with their feet because they were born with no arms. So that's the kind of Asian woman that I want to showcase. It's not just this one stereotype. It's just we are we have many different talents, many different skills, many different personalities that we can contribute to make a wor- the world a better place and just learn to show up as our true selves because that's the most important. Mm, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think sharing stories, especially of Asian American women and their journeys helps to empower other Asian American women. Um, it helps me at least to like realize there's other people out there like me who like maybe are going through similar troubles or struggles and have overcome it. And maybe I can too. Were there any like negative experiences um, that you had in your childhood or like when you were young? Oh yeah. <laughs> that, well, yeah, that were um, like tied to your self-confidence or self-esteem. Um, For sure. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I mean, the first thing that pops up into my mind was when I failed kindergarten for coloring outside the lines. Like, uh, I guess we had what? this. Yes. <laughs> I went to kindergarten in the Philippines and we were given a workbook. And every time we colored a photo properly, we'd get into the next level. But there was just this one picture that I just kept coloring outside the lines and I had to redo it so many times. And for some reason, I just never colored inside the lines. And because of that, I failed kindergarten. I had to like move schools, redo kindergarten all over again. And so that really messed me up because I always thought I was a failure. That was never good enough. And I always saw failure. I was like the end of all ends. And like, I would never come back out of it. But we have to realize like failure is not bad. Failure is just a result that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And like, you're going to have many times where you're going to have results that don't work, but you keep doing it until you do find that result that works, right? Like Thomas Edison found 10,000 ways for a light bulb not to work. Um, I actually have that quote if I really. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have to see it that way. We just have to see it as feedback. It's like this mm-hmm. way didn't work. Let's try another way. Okay, this one didn't work again. Let's try another way. This one didn't work again. Okay, let's try another way. Like I remember interviewing um a woman in my fir- in the first season and she told me how she went through bankruptcy three times 
But every time she went through it, it was easier for her to get back up because she went through it before and she already knows how to get through it and how to overcome it. So she didn't see it as something as like the end. She just realized I've been through it. I can get back again. Mm -hmm. I went through it again. I can get back up again. And so if I saw failure in a different way, I wouldn't feel so low or so small thinking that I was always a failure because of that one experience. But mm-hmm. yeah, even just growing up, you know, in an Asian country, I mean, I'm Chinese, but I was born in the Philippines because the Ch- Philippines has a huge Chinese community and trying to live in two different Asian cultures is, is kind of crazy too. Like in the Philippines, the beauty standards is if you're not light skinned, you're not beautiful. And you always see whitening creams and lotions and bil- big billboards when you cross the highway. And for me, I don't think that's right because I think everyone's beautiful in their own skin, no matter what shade you are. And we have to learn to like accept that and like embrace it because we don't want people thinking like, oh, you're dark skin, so you're not pretty. No, you're pretty in your own skin. And there's so many beautiful women out there, but they get really scared or they get conscious because of these things like, oh, you're too dark. You need to lighten up. No, you don't. You just keep keep the skin color that you were in and embrace it and learn to be beautiful. And then, you know, as a Chinese, <laughs> living in a Chinese family, there's so many things that we go through, the compare syndrome. You know, oh my God. Being perfect. <laughs> I remember even one time, I brought home a math test to my dad and I got like a 91 or something. And he was like, why didn't you get a hundred? And I'm sure that's typical in every like. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) These are some of the things that, that we go, I went through in like as, as a kid growing up, like, you know, not meeting to other people's expectations and then feeling like crap because I didn't meet that and I would seek approval for it I know we we always go out there and try to seek approval but really we don't need to and then the more work we do on ourselves learning to build confidence learning to work on our mindset all that stuff really won't matter to you as long as you feel like as long as you know what you're doing and you know you're going towards something that's all that matters and you're just finding different outlets to like work on yourself to heal or whatever it is you're going through especially in this in this time that we're in, it's such, such a weird time. And I know one of the things that the Asian community doesn't like to talk about is mental health. Yes. I always like to bring that up because it's very important. I know when we're in an Asian family, it's either they avoid it, they don't bring it up, or they like put you in a mental institute. <laughs> and that shouldn't be the case. You know, we shouldn't have to feel shameful when we seek professional help or mm-hmm. talk to somebody or find a healthy outlet to let it out, whether it's to start a new hobby, go work out, write in your journal, talk to a friend, seek professional help. Like that is all okay. And we have to learn to bring awareness to that and tell people like, it's okay if you're going through that, especially in this time when we're all in a lockdown because our mental health issues heightened up, right? It gets mm-hmm. heightened. So we, you know, we have more things going on through our brain. So that's why it's important to work on it as much as you can so that you can feel better and come out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I <laughs> resonated with a lot of the stories that you told. Um, I wanted to ask that uh, when you failed kindergarten, did do your parents give you a lot of crap about it? I, I don't remember, to be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, they just made, they just put me in a different school and I just had to redo kindergarten all over again. Mm-hmm. And I should have learned from that lesson that even though I failed, I still graduated I maybe had to be behind, but I still finished, right? Mm -hmm. And if we saw it that way, I I think I would have seen failure as something different as well. But it's because 
we've been brought up in such a way where like failure is the end of all ends. It made me see failure as something bad. It made me see it like I wasn't good enough, that I will always be a failure in everything I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just going to say, if your parents didn't give you crap and you like felt that way yourself, like from such a young young age, you already started to internalize all the messages about like certain societal standards that you have to meet, like graduating kindergarten on time. So arbitrary sometimes. Um, we just have to reframe a lot of um, the things that we see as quote unquote failures. I remember this one time that I was very embarrassed. <laughs> It was probably like the most embarrassed I was, uh, but it was fifth grade and my teacher called up somebody to to front to give them a candy bar because they were doing well. And then I misheard and thought it was me. <laughs> and then I went up and then my teacher was like, oh no, it's not you. You like talk too much. And then, oh, wow. yeah. Um, and then I was like so embarrassed. I like, you know, sheepishly went back to my seat and then like probably like my face was red the whole day. Um, but like, I still remember that because at that moment I was like, I thought I deserved this one thing, but I did not. But this is like also based on like somebody else's standards, right? Based on my teacher's standards, I did not deserve this one thing. So that kind of affected me too. I think that's the end. I just wanted to share the story. <laughs> no worries. And I think we all are guilty of that. We we take someone's opinion and we think it's the truth and we get stuck on it thinking like that's the absolute truth. And I just remember seeing this quote saying by, by Les Brown saying, someone's opinion of you shouldn't be your reality or something along that line. But basically, just because someone gives you an opinion about you doesn't mean it's the truth and mm-hmm. you can change that at any moment. And if we had, you know, if people have the, the confidence to realize that it's just opinion, then they would be able to just get over that and just move on. But because sometimes how we're brought up, we feel like, oh, what they said really hurts us and it really is true. Like I remember when I used to work a job, I wanted to look for another job because I just wanted something different. I wanted a job that can pay me more money. And I remember a male coworker at the time telling me, well, why are you looking for another job? You make more than enough as a woman. And I, and at that time, I believed him because I was like, oh, I guess he's right. I guess this is the best I can do. And, and that really held me back for a long time because of what that person said. And so I, I, I share this story because I don't want people feeling the same way. And if they're going through that situation, I want them to be reminded that that's just a person's opinion and you can do whatever you want because it's your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Well, like ever since quarantine started, I've been going through like self-help, self-improvement journey of my own. Um, And this is like the hardest part that I cannot get through is like just not brushing off, but like not putting so much value on other people's like comments or like opinions about myself. Yeah. Um, I, when I got into college, my, when I got home, my dad was just like, why didn't you get into Princeton? And I was just, um, yeah, well, I, I was I was really happy that day and, until he told me that. And then I just like cried in my room. Um, but I still remember that. And um, other just like small comments from family members, because I feel like comments from family members are the hardest to get 
oh, to yeah. care about um, for sure because they are so close to you and they are supposed to be the ones who know you quote unquote it's it's not easy <laughs> that's why it takes a lot of work on yourself to keep doing that it takes daily practice it takes small steps so that when that time does come you can't you, you're able to brush it off or not brush it off and be like I respect that and thank you for sharing that with me but doesn't mean I have to follow it and yeah of course as Asian kids we want approval from our parents I mean I I do too at a time and I realize after it's like you know what like my parents are just happy that I'm doing something that makes me happy even mm-hmm. though they don't get it sometimes. <laughs> oh, and, well, I am sure. <laughs> and sometimes they do certain things because they think that's how they show love. Yeah, I'm trying to be more but, compassionate towards them. But it does take practice. It takes a lot of unlearning things that we were taught growing up. And so that's why it takes a lot of work. It doesn't happen overnight. And mm-hmm. when it comes to relatives, yeah, same thing. I mean, my grandma has 12 siblings. So you can imagine wow. the family parties. And I get comments all the time, like, you know, why don't you go to church so God can bless you with a husband? Why don't you do this? Like, <laughs> at this point, I just laugh it off. It's I, It doesn't even bother me anymore. Before, yeah, it would bother me a lot. But because I'm able to work on myself and just realize, like, they mean well. They don't mean anything bad by it. Yes, sometimes it may hurt. But it's either you accept it or you just let it go and be okay with it and and that takes work so I I don't want people thinking like yeah I'm just okay no (laughs) it took me a lot of work to get to this level and it doesn't take like you know a day or two to get over it like this type of work is something that you do for the rest of your life because you're going to have new challenges new setbacks new experiences and you have to learn to be ready to tackle it when that time comes Mm, yeah I totally agree I don't I think self-improvement is a life's journey. I don't think anybody reaches self-actualization or something like that uh, in their lives. It's just our journey towards it. Um, I have been trying to learn to be more compassionate um, towards especially family members because I can usually just like not care about like people I'm not close to and what they say about me. But I'm trying to be more compassionate towards my family and relatives. They comment all the time about my appearance being male presenting um and of course I got that ever since when I was young and it's still happening now so I'm like just used to it now um but yeah I think your that's why your work is so important um I think it's a important journey also to help us through our mental illness struggles I think a lot of at least my mental illness comes from the lack of self-confidence and self-esteem. But that happens to a lot of women. It's not just you, right? But we just feel like we're the only ones who feel that way, that we're going through this alone, but we're not. There's so many women out there who are going through similar situations. And that's why having support systems, having help is so important. Even learning to seek help is very important. I know in Asian culture, it's like shameful to ask for help because we're so, mm-hmm. we're so into our own pride, right? Our pride gets in the way of so many things and we just have to learn to like, just let it, let it go away, like let it down, let our guard down and be able to have the courage and confidence to seek help so that you can get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. You talked about like um, some workplace um, harassment. I would say it's harassment. (laughs) Do you have any other, was it like 
hard to be a, work, a working uh, female in. Oh yeah. Know, I'm not sure. Like if, were you working on a corporate space? Um, it's just a small company, but I still worked in an office mostly, mm-hmm. you know, run by male executives and yeah, it's hard because it's like you have to work three, four times harder to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's like one mistake you make, it's the end of the world. You know, it's, it's hard sometimes. It really does suck. <laughs> but at least it teaches you to build your own confidence. Big skin. Big skin. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was an experience so that I could share with to people who are listening to this episode right now, especially like that story of how I wanted to look for another job and was told I made more than enough as a woman. Like that, I want people to realize, like, I don't want you to go through the same thing I went through. I want you to realize, like, that's not you. That's just someone's opinion of you. And you can just take that away and just put it somewhere and then keep moving forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard so many like corporate horror stories or like workplace horror stories from a lot of women, um, especially Asian American women. Yeah. Um, and I'm low-key scared because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be graduating in like a year or so. Um, not sure yet what I want to do or if I want to go to grad school. But the workplace seems like a cruel place. <laughs> yeah, especially probably to people like me um, who do not even fit the traditional standards of being female. Well, I mean, now that we do have more companies that promote diversity and inclusion, hopefully that changes the dynamics. And, you know, as women, we're fighting for equality. Hopefully that also changes the environment because it's necessary. It's needed. We do need, you know, for, for example, we need to be paid equally as much as men does for the same, yes. same job. I mean, it's 2020 and it's still, there's still a pay gap and oh God. have to work, keep working on ourselves so that we know that we're more than enough to tackle any situation that comes to us. It's not easy. Of course, it takes work. It'll, some days it'll suck because that's life. Like it's not always happy go lucky. Sometimes there's days where you just want to ugly cry or like hide from the world or just watch a k-drama all day yes. <laughs> but that's life <laughs> that is but life knowing that you can still overcome it get back up and keep moving forward that's what matters the most so it's okay if you feel a little bit depressed at the moment you need to let those feelings feel it like feel it out as much as you can and then you'll feel a lot better instead of suppressing it and thinking something's wrong with you nothing's wrong mm. with you it's just sometimes your emotions are just like a wave it's like a roller coaster it's just like temporary it's a season and you'll overcome it yes feel your emotions preach <laughs> i think more people need to hear that oh i mean especially me <laughs> um so moving on a little bit you have uh, two books that are coming out next year 2021 yeah. And do you want to share with us about the, like, the journey into writing it and what inspired you to write them? For sure. Well, first off, it's more of a collaborative book. So I'm not the only one in it. So mm-hmm. the first book is actually I co-created with another lady. Her name's Tamluck. And we created this book called Asian Women Who Boss Up. And so we're going to feature 16 Asian women who are going to share their stories of how they're able to forge their own path and thrive. For me, that's very important because you don't really see books on Amazon or in any bookstore that features 16 Asian women on a cover. And it's something that's definitely needed. Like, I'm always trying to find different ways to elevate Asian women's voices. And a book like this is very powerful because you see 16 beautiful Asian women who are sharing their stories of their struggles and how they're able to overcome it. So for me, that's big. 
And then the other book, which I'll be featured on is called Women of Color Who Boss Up, which is the same concept, but we're going to showcase women of color because as women of color, we still don't have that representation. We still do need that representation and you don't really see that as well. So these books are very important to me because it really, it's really going to help women out there who feel like there's no voice for them. And I hope this book can be that voice for them and maybe inspire them to take the action to thrive and to forge their own path. And maybe one day they can share their story in a book, on a podcast, on stage, on in TV, whatever form of media, whatever form of social media there is out there. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. Um, do you know yet what month it's going to come out? Yeah, so the Asian Women Who Boss Up book is going to be in March 2021 and the Women of Color will be in May 2021. Okay, awesome. Yeah, people should look forward to it. Um, so like, I wanted to know a little bit more about like, what the writing process was like. Um, I know you said it's collaborative. So like, did you all work uh, with like same interviews or like split it up? Yeah, so it's basically we have a set of questions. And we kind of just went with that questionnaire. So that it's easier for the other authors to just answer the you know, share their story out because not everyone can just write down and like sit down and write their own story. But mm-hmm. if you have it in a format where it's easier for someone to share it, to, to communicate, um, then it works out a lot better. And then that the hardest part of the book is taken out because a lot of people want to write books, but it takes forever for them to write a book because they second guess themselves. There's, they have no time. And that's why some of them hire a writing coach to help them just put it out there, like just, mm-hmm. just get it out there. So I want, I'm curious about how you um, came up with the name for your podcast. Oh, sure. Because uh, so, I it's such a cool name. Um, thank you. Well, let's first start how my, what the first name I wanted for the podcast <laughs> so that you know that I make a lot of mistakes and this is one <laughs> mistake I made. But I want you to realize sometimes your mistakes will lead you to opportunities. So when I first start, um, when I first started my podcast, I actually wanted to name it The Stripper and have a tagline like to strip your limiting beliefs away. And at that time, I thought I was a genius. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, awesome. And so I had a designer like create the graphic and I had a stripper with a whip and had like a big name the stripper and luckily I was in this podcast supporting group so I sent I I said I asked for feedback about this I'm like what do you think of my cover art and they're like "Mm, I got a lot of rejection I got a lot of feedback they're all like you're getting you're gonna give people the wrong idea you're gonna attract the wrong audience that photo long isn't gonna work And at that point, I was like, man, if I can't even come up with a name, how am I going to be able to create a show? And so I thought I was already a failure because I couldn't even get the name right. I had to take a step back, start getting clear on why I wanted to do this. And so I just started looking at other people's podcasts, see what their titles were like and see like what would make me draw, draw them to listen. And so I I saw a lot of people saying the art of, the art of, the art of. I'm like, okay, that's great. But I don't want to be the art of. I don't want to be the other person who's like the art of this, the art of that. And that's when I said, what about the Tao? Because like the meaning of of Tao is the way, right? Mm -hmm. And so the way to self-confidence. And Mm. the way to self-confidence isn't just one way. It's many different ways because we're all different. Mm -hmm. What works for me may not work for you. And so interviewing all all these women and how they're able to find ways to build confidence 
I'm sure there's one of them that you could that can resonate with you after interviewing over 700 Asian women. But I wanted to let people realize like there's so many ways to get to confidence that don't feel bad if what her way may not be your way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The stripper. I love it. <laughs> Genius. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um, wrapping up now, um, I guess last thoughts or um, remarks on what you think is especially important for Asian American women to learn about self-confidence and to build their own self-confidence, even though like we've already touched on a lot of this. <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem. For, for starters, I don't want people thinking that confidence is something that happens overnight. This is something that you'll be working on for the rest of your life. And it's better to take smaller steps, like small daily actionable steps, than to make that big leap. Because sometimes when you make that big leap and you don't reach the goal that you want, then you'll, mm-hmm. your confidence goes down even worse and you just mm-hmm. feel like a failure. So just taking it one step at a time is like the best way to do it, I think. And Also learning to celebrate every single success that you have is very important because that's also builds up your confidence. It's like maybe you wanted to, let's say like write a book, right? And so your goal for the book is you're going to write one page every single day for a whole year. So if you do that every single day, Mm. you're going to create a book. But isn't that a lot easier than trying to like sit down and try to write a a whole book in like a week if you're Mm. not mentally prepared for that? So doing it in bite-sized steps is a lot easier. And then I also created like a three-step process, which is the first step is believe in yourself because that's the most important thing. If you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to go out there and take action. And believing in yourself means that you know you have the ability to do whatever it takes to get whatever goal you want, whether it's to open a business, make a million dollars, become the become a famous whatever, right? You know you have it. You're going to do it no matter what the situation is. The second one is educate yourself. Find ways to build that confidence. Start learning different ways. You know, do trial and error. See what works, what doesn't work. Just, you know, learn, like, just learn different ways to build confidence. And then the last one is take action. Because none of it will work unless you go out there and take action. Mm, Yeah. I'm feeling so empowered and want to do something after this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you um, so much again for coming on the podcast. Um, Do you have anything you want to plug for the listeners? For sure. Feel free to connect with me. Uh, If you Google Sheena Yapchan, I'm like the only Sheena Yapchan in the internet. So that's really Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm easy to find. Or you can check out my website, SheenaYapchan.com. You can also check out The Tao of Self-Confidence. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or you can check out our our website thetowofselfconfidence.com you can check out past episodes tools and resources coaching services um, to help you build your confidence yeah and i'll be linking all this in the show notes too so you can find it there awesome again thank you sheena thank you for having me karen